Right now, though, let's get an update on week one of the provincial election campaign. There's still a few days, but let's call it the first work week. We're going to chat now with Jason Ribeiro, who is a political analyst and the president of Calgary Surge. Jason, thanks for joining us. Appreciate your time. No, it's my pleasure, and I just want to, you know, also share my thoughts with those uh, affected by the natural disasters. It's terrible to see. It really is, yeah, it really is, and hopefully, you know, the rain comes this weekend and uh, helps to knock these things down. But I mean, yeah, absolutely. And like I say, we'll we'll keep uh, we'll keep listeners up to speed on that. So, Jason, we've had, I guess, we're into our fifth official day of the election campaign now, nicely underway. Anything stand out over the course of the first week? Was there a moment you think that? changed any minds, made any difference, had a real impact in the first four days so far? Not really. And I think that's interesting because, you know, we expect it to be this big crescendo moment. You know, finally, after a lot of teasing, this campaign is here. But I just think after a lot of, you know, sniping back and forth between the parties, the ratcheting up of the, the rhetoric, and frankly, a very contentious tenure for the UCP government, I, I haven't seen us, you know, get a break from campaigning mode and election no. mode uh, for, for four years. So this has kind of landed, I think, a little bit more like a walk into a campaign than a run. So nothing surprising other than I think, you know, the, the I, you know, I don't want to say lackluster, uh, but, but you know, a little bit damper mood heading into this election versus uh, what we've seen in elections past. Yeah, I think you're right. We've been in campaign mode for a long time. I guess now it's the official campaign, but you're right. Uh, it's definitely been ongoing for a while. Have they managed to get on message? I know Daniel Smith certainly had some issues at the beginning of the week with the Pawlowski decision and all the rest trying to get her message out because that sort of derailed it at least for a day or two. How do you think they've done in terms of communicating their message in the first few days? I think the UCP uh, has has performed in a more disciplined manner, and I would include Premier Smith in that, than I've seen um, throughout her tenure as as party leader and as premier. Um, it's a heavily controlled playbook that they're running for this campaign, very similar actually to the playbook that Doug Ford ran when he was running for yeah. re-election. It was limited media availability, highly scripted, you know, very controlled narrative. And she's staying on message, even though, you know, she got dragged off a little bit with the Pulaski case, went right back to affordability, went right back to cost of living, went right back to the economy where the UCP is trending higher. What I've been surprised by is that the NDP hasn't really found their messaging foothold. Healthcare is certainly one of the top two issues in this election. They are hammering that home, but they are fighting, I think, a little bit for the airtime and have not been able to draw some of the policy contrasts that the UCP have launched with some of their affordability measures, tax breaks, and certainly in the last couple of days, uh, their economic measures around signing bonuses and talent attraction. I think you make such a good point. Healthcare, we, it's always a winner. We, we know that it's on the minds of Canadians and Albertans alike. And, and so it's something that needs to be covered within the campaign. But they may have missed the mark by not stressing the affordability issue. Polling shows that is number one. Talk to people about what's number one, what's on their minds most. And that's what it is, Jason. It's, it's affordability. Everybody wants to know what can you do to make cost of living a little more manageable for me. I mean, the NDP will have to pivot to that and come up with some Something soon here, right? Yeah, you're right, and I think there's there's the the challenge is for for parties that try to be policy wonks is is they could be looking at the macro while everyone is looking at you know what's in front of their kitchen tables in the micro, yeah. right? And so you know certainly while the UCP tax break that they've afforded certainly will impact families in the micro, it's taken a billion dollars out of provincial monies 
that we have not been able to that we're not going to be able to generate. And as you know, world oil prices soften, there will be a question of where does this budget deficit now make up from? So it's short term relief for potentially medium term and long term pain. Uh, that's, I think, uh, the question that, you know, the NDP and certainly I think left leaning policies that uh, or left leaning parties that try to play the policy game and, and, and try and do things in the macro, how to disconnect with voters in the micro, threading the needle between both is ultimately what's going to make the difference here. And I think the NDP need to, need to, need to, to your point, hammer home yeah. kitchen table yep. issues really, really quickly here. Yeah, I think you're right. I, every day that goes by is, is, a, is a costly day. I got a great text from a listener. There's a question I wanted to ask you. It says, I live in the Calgary area. One thing I'm wondering is if the rest of the province feels a little taken for granted in terms of who they support. I mean, the focus is Calgary. Rachel Notley's been in Calgary every day. Daniel Smith in Calgary every day. Expect that. The, prime, the majority of their time will be spent in Calgary where it's battleground. Is there a risk, though, Jason, of sort of overlooking parts of Edmonton or overlooking some rural areas and just saying, you know what, you're locked in. We're not going to worry about you. There's certainly a risk. And I I often go back to this phrase, you know, the the tools of politics are quite blunt. And so they will know, you know, almost down to the cent, what they need to spend in certain areas, how much time they need to afford certain areas. Usually this was done by gut instinct. Now it's done through targeting, um, through macro level analysis, data analysis, so there is a method to the madness that you're seeing if you haven't seen yeah. someone in your riding. That being said, I, I do think, you know, what I'm worried about for my city is that we don't get too much of a chip on our shoulder. You know, at the end of the day, we're all Albertans. And what happens in High River matters just as much as it does in downtown Calgary as it does in Sherwood Park. So so we need to make sure that we're thinking in, 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 in broader terms as a province. And we are electing a provincial government. We're not electing, you know, a, a, a constituency association across Calgary. And I think that's the difference. And what I'm interested in and what I've been hearing from uh, Albertans, particularly those in, in Calgary, is they are concerned, not just what's going on in the city, but what's going on in the province. And this is where the macro level issues that we just talked about, affordability yeah. as, as, as a big issue for the province, health care. There's not a Calgary one-size-fits-all solution. This is something we need to look at a provincial level, and I think most Calgarians get that. I was wondering, Jason, like, I mean, the first few days, and not surprisingly, campaign promises that come with price tags, big ones. Premier uh, Smith talking about a billion-dollar tax cut, the NDP $400 million to hire health care workers, $350 million for health care teams, billions more in terms of um, tax credits and all the rest of this stuff. Are, are we past the days of, hey, we're going to be fiscally conservative, we're not going to be throwing money around? It sure seems like it, at least in the first couple of days. Well, I think this is one of the challenges that, that Premier Smith and, and the UCP will have. This is still a party that was built in Jason Kenney's image and the supporters of Jason Kenney's vision for a United Conservative Party and a more conservative Alberta. And now some of those key pieces or flanks or supports from an ideological perspective have now moved on. So you see Travis Taves move on. You see Sonia Savage move on. And Premier Smith has not been known for having a coherent economic policy message or, you know, an economic blueprint. I actually think this is one of the areas that even though her party is polling stronger at, that she's one of the weakest at in terms of talking about economics. And so the challenge is going to be, I think, for them, you know, they, they put out a budget that didn't get received uh, in, in the way that an election budget will. And I think it's forced them, and this potentially could be a strategic play, to make a bunch of promises to dangle in front of voters to make sure that they're reelected. The challenge is, though, if they are reelected, 
that that money's going to come out of yours and my tax dollars to yeah. be able to implement. So I'm not seeing the level of coherence that I did in 2019. Whether you wanted to agree or, or disagree with the economic approach, it was at least somewhat coherent. There was a playbook. Here, they're just kind of throwing a lot of things at the wall and yeah. seeing what sticks. That gives me a little bit of pause. Yeah, me too, Jason. I'm with you. Maybe it'll become a little clearer. I mean, we've still got three weeks to go here, but you're right. It just seems sort of like, oh, yeah, we'll do this and we'll do this and we'll do this. And okay, well, who's keeping track of the bottom line? Because it, it, it's getting pretty big pretty fast. So you're right. Maybe we'll see it crystallize in the coming weeks, but uh, a little all over the place so far. Yeah, and, and to that point, I don't know where Rachel Notman, the NDP's economic messaging is. And I think that's going to be a huge, huge distinguishing feature unless they get on track yeah. uh, in the next week or so, because it's not just the affordability stuff that the NDP is, is, is talking about uh, a little bit more slowly than surely. It, it's got to be this economic growth, talent attraction, talent retention, investment attraction. They had that messaging, I think, in the run-up to the election, and it's kind of gone by the wayside. I think they really need to get back on track with that one as well, too. Yeah, it's going to be the one that they carry throughout the whole entire campaign. Jason, great stuff. We'll chat again soon.